his wounds has paid my ransom. Amen. If you have your Bible, please open it to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 21 through 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. We love those who know the worst of us and don't turn their faces away, says Walker Percy. We love those who know the worst of us and don't turn their faces away. A husband and a wife see and know the worst of each other in their marriage. Newlyweds, they might not see those things yet, but give it time. Sin will show its ugly head. But what keeps spouses from turning their faces away from each other in marriage? What? It's when they begin to look at their marriage through the lens of redemption, in which they see their marriage as ministry to one another in Christ. That would keep them from turning their faces away from one another. Marriage as ministry means that a husband and wife become spouses at the well before Christ. They go to Christ to get their deep needs met. And Christ does not turn his face away from them because of their sin, their neediness and brokenness. Instead, he gives them a conviction that leads to repentance He gives them grace that covers a multitude of sins. He gives them a humility to see their own brokenness. And he gives them a compassion to extend grace to one another in their marriage. At the well, Christ works all these things in the heart of each spouse. Both spouses know that they are loved and accepted by Christ. And they both know They are mutually broken before Christ as well. And Christ is now going to empower each spouse to minister to each other. Last week, we we talked about, you know, spouses coming to the reconciliation table. And that is how, as Christian spouses, you are to deal with your conflicts and issues in marriage. You sit at a table of reconciliation willing to extend grace and repentance and forgiveness to one another. This morning we're going to talk about how Christ redeems our gender roles in marriage so that spouses can minister to one another. So if you have your Bible, open it to Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and he himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives must submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, 
so that he might present the church himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle in such a way that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands, you should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm speaking that it refers to Christ and the church. However, that each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is God's word. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that you would send your spirit to take what is preached and to apply it to my heart. To take what is preached, to apply it to every heart that's here, every relationship, every marriage. For Lord, we know that we cannot come in this place, Lord, in our own strength. We need the Spirit of God to bring our hearts so that it can commune with you. You know the things that we face, the situations that we deal with, the things we deal with when we leave here. And so, Lord, we bring it before you today. We don't hide, not faking it, not pretending, but, Lord, being transparent with you that we don't have it all figured out, that we are in need that we are messed up, we can't hold it together, and that apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. So, Jesus, you, you are our light, our sustainer, our rock, and I pray that today you would meet us where we are through the preaching of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Christ redeems gender roles in marriage so that spouses can minister to each other. Today we're going to talk about a wife who ministers. And a wife who ministers does so out of reverence for Christ. Verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, God created the institution of marriage to be a covenant relationship between one man and one moment, one woman. That's what he created it to be. The word says, For this reason a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And in this covenant marriage, the husband and the wife are called to specific roles in their marriage. The roles are not man-made. They were put into place by God doing his works of creation. And remember, the standards and the orders that God has placed in marriage still stand even if people rebel against them. And this means, yes, this means that the roles in marriage are still in place today. The problem is not the roles. The, pro- the fact is that we live east of Eden now. That's the problem. Because of the fall, it is hard for spouses to live out those roles in their marriage because they are under the curse of sin. 
But in Christ, there is redemption for your role in your marriage. Christ can redeem those roles so that spouses can minister to one another. This is something that must be understood before we we jump into the, the verses 22 and 23. We have to see that Christ is the one, that in Christ there's redemption to your role as a wife, there's redemption to your role as a husband. See, these verses, verses 22 through 33, they are part of a larger context in this, in this book, in chapter 5. you got to know what it was going on, the verses before it, before you can understand those verses. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That, that Greek term for submitting is actually a participle. And it's a result participle, which means it is a result of a main verb. There's a main verb that, that, that leads to this submitting. And it's found in verse 18. It says, be filled with the Spirit. And one of the results of being filled with the Spirit is just called to submit to one another. Which means if you're not filled with the Spirit, then guess what? You ain't going to submit. You're not going to do it. Verses 22 through 33 are the results, are a result of a spirit-filled life. And to be filled with the Spirit implies that you are being led by the Spirit. You are walking in the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who enables you to walk in love and wisdom. What does Paul say in Ephesians 5? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Ladies, this means you can't be the wife you need to be apart from Christ working in your heart through this Spirit. That's where you start. The Holy Spirit works his fruit in your heart. And it's not the other way around. Not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God's Spirit that you will be a good wife to your husband. This is you living by faith as a wife. And so it means, are you resting in Jesus? Is Jesus the source of your security and significance? Are you standing on a solid rock? Are you fellowshipping with Christ in prayer and in the word? Are you connected with other believers? Everything you do as a believer is an overflow to what Christ has already done for you. So if you don't know what he's done for you, then it's going to impact the way you live your life. And so for as a wife, what has he done for you? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. If you forget what he's done for you, look at the cross again. What has he done for you there? He died for your sins on the cross. He did not turn his face away from you on the cross. The cross is evident of an enduring love and acceptance of you in spite of you. The cross is, is there to show you that there is grace and forgiveness given to you. 
that you are loved eternally by Christ. Spouses give grace to one another because Christ gives them grace. Spouses don't turn their faces to one another because Christ has not turned his face away from you. Spouses minister to one another because Christ ministers to them. You see, if the Spirit is at work in your life, then you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this reverence here is the motivation for the submitting. And this is fear, awe, respect. Reverence for Christ is an acknowledgement of his lordship and authority over your life. It's an acknowledgement of his standards and the orders that he has set. Tim Keller says, real truth will always move you from something you understand to something you stand under. Real truth will always move you from something you understand to something you stand under. Under. When a person becomes a U.S. citizen, that individual gets all the privilege of being a citizen of our awesome country. Freedoms, privileges, and rights. But there's also one more thing that comes with those freedoms that is submission to our government and our laws. And the same is true when you become a citizen of God's kingdom. You get freedoms, you get privileges. But you are now also under his lordship. And that means when you have reverence for Christ, it means you're standing under him, doing things his way. And the implication is that spouses are to strive to do marriage Jesus' way. The standards that he has set place. And for wives, that means they will submit to their role in their marriage out of reverence for Christ. That's where you start. As a wife, you submit to your role in marriage out of reverence for Jesus Christ, who is Lord over your life. That's what it means. Because he is the one who has called you to that role, not your husband. Jesus has. So a wife who ministers, she is a helper who submits to her husband. A wife who ministers is a helper who submits to her husband. Verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and he himself is Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. Remember, remember, Adam and Eve were created, were equally created in God's image. In Genesis 1 and 2, both of them were equal in value, dignity, and self-worth. But they were also like opposites of each other. They were male and female. You see, they were not just created to be equal, but they were also created to complement one another in their roles that they were supposed to have in marriage. And these roles, again, they are not a modern invention. They did not come into place in the 1950s, okay? Don't leave it to Beaver. All that, all those old shows. That's not, those roles were in place when God created our first parents, and the role He gave Eve was that of a helper, a helpmate. In the Hebrew word for helper, it means more than just giving assistance, as I preached about, but it's providing what is lacking. That's what it means—a strong helper. 
Your role as a wife is good, and it's, but it will be hard because of sin. You see, sin makes it dysfunctional for you to live out your role, either by abuse or by abandonment. You will be tempted, wives, to abandon your role and to desire your husband's role. The Genesis 3 curse. You will always be, have to fight against the desire to have your husband's role. But in Christ, in Christ, faith in Christ, you don't have to live that lifestyle of abusing or abandoning your role and desiring your husband's role. For in Christ, there's redemption. You see, in sin, you desire your husband's role. But in Christ, you submit to your husband's role. Can't do both. In your sin, you would desire the role, but in a loving, faithful, growing relationship with Christ, you would submit to your husband's role out of reverence for Christ. In Christ, you can live out your role as a helper in such a way that it ministers to your husband. Your husband needs a helper who submits to him in his role, not a helper who simply desires his role or undermines it. Or takes control of it. Paul says here, wives are to submit to the husbands in everything. Now our culture and society, that's not a very kind word. That's not politically correct when you start talking about wives being submissive to their husbands. And to be honest, it's, for, for some, the word is like biting into a lemon. I mean, it's sour, it's bitter, it makes your face frown. And it's a dirty word in our, country, in our culture. And I, I understand why, because it has been abused, particularly in church settings. But here's what biblical submission does not mean. It doesn't mean you are a servant and a slave of your husband. It doesn't mean you are a less of value. It doesn't mean your husband, um, you have to treat your husband like a god or wait on him hand and foot. It doesn't mean he gets to make all the family decisions without your input and wisdom. It doesn't mean you can't challenge or question some of the things that he does. It doesn't mean you give up your independent thought. But does it mean his words are absolute? It doesn't mean he gets to have all the fun while you stay at home with the kids and cook all the meals. It doesn't mean you have to follow and give in to his ungodly ways. Biblical submission does not mean your husband gets a free pass to do whatever he wants without giving thought to your concerns or welfare. It doesn't mean any of those things, but it does mean something. It does mean something. It means it is a self-sacrifice on your behalf that involves both your actions and your attitudes as a wife. Is you voluntarily sitting under the leadership of your husband. That's what it means. It's a recognition that God has put orders and standards in the way he wants families to operate. That's what it is. When you are submitting to your role, you submitting to, to your husband, it actually helps fight against your desire to take over his role. You submitting to your husband 
ministers to him because you're going to help him fulfill his role as the leader in the house. That's what the submission, biblical submission means. Every wife should want to see her husband fulfilling his role in the family, humbly and godly. And you can help him do that or you will undermine him in that. Every wife has to make a decision what kind of wife she wants to be. You have an important role when it comes to your husband being the man that God wants him to be. John Piper said, It is a divine calling of a wife to honor and to affirm her husband's leadership and to help him carry it through according to her gifts. God can use you in that way. God seeks to use you to build up your husband, but the enemy seeks to use you to tear him down. To tear him down. A helper who submits to her husband builds him up. And this is seen in your support of him, encouragement of him, affirmation of him, acknowledgement of him. He needs those things. Remember, the, the world's definition of a man is not really the biblical definition of a man. Men need encouragement. They need affirmation. They need acknowledgement. They need support as well, particularly from their wives. This is seen in you following his lead in the direction of family. And if your husband is passive in the home, that means you have an opportunity to walk alongside him to help him to be more proactive in the home, not to tear him down because he's passive. But you can help, God can help use you to build him up, to grow out of that passivity. Now, if he's too aggressive and too harsh in this leadership, then you help him by calling him out. Sorry. Getting too excited, I see. If he's too aggressive in his leadership, it means you have the opportunity to call him out in a loving way at the reconciliation table to deal with his sin in that area. So every wife should want her husband to be a good leader in the home. And you submitting to that, you help him. Now, you won't submit to your husband if you don't respect him. If you don't respect him. That's what uh, when, when um, Paul says in verse 33, all wives should respect their husbands. That's what he's getting at. A, you know, if a wife didn't respect her husband, she would not submit to his leadership at all. Do you believe in and do you respect your husband's wives? Do you believe in him? Do you respect him? Do you communicate it? This is another way in which you can help your husband. Now, husband, you can abuse your leadership in the home now. You have your role to play. We're going to get into that next week. But for some reason, I, don't, I think this is how God has made men, that the respect of our wives it's almost like power to any husband, any good husband. You know, I can have all the enemies in the world against me. I can have all y'all hating me. But if I know I have Waikita's respect, I don't really care. <laughs> because the most important person in my life respects me. She believes in me. And you know what? Because of that, I go back out another day and fight. And any husband who don't have that, 
the shell of a man. The shell of a man. Because if he does, why doesn't respect him? This is why doesn't believe in him. It shows. It shows. A friend of mine told me, a wife respect and belief in her husband can carry that man a long way, and it can. It can. A husband needs to know that his wife believes in him, and what he's doing, and respects him. And God uses that to motivate him, to give him courage, to give him confidence. This will require you wives to look past his flaws and shortcomings to do that. Because you can still respect your husband and believe in him, even though he has flaws and shortcomings. If you believe in Christ, growing in your faith in Christ, that can happen. Respecting him means you respect him in his character and his position in the home, that you don't diminish him or belittle him. Respecting him to his face and behind his back. Particularly when, you know, you get together with your girlfriends and it turns into husband bashing day. Do you respect him there? In front of the kids, do you honor him in front of them or do you speak negatively of him in front of the kids? Because when you do that, they lose respect for him too, if you do that. And guess what? Your daughters will do that too when they get married because they learned it from you. The cycle will continue. In Christ, this is the way you minister to your husband. You know, I know it's like, that doesn't seem fair, Alex. That's a lot. You're calling me to. I'm not calling you to that. Jesus is calling you to that. So that means you got to go talk to Jesus if you don't like it. I'm just the messenger. That's all I am. See, marriage is supposed to look like Christ's relationship with the church. That is, that's the illustration that Paul gives us in these verses. In this relationship, both Christ and the church have responsibilities. Christ is the head of the church. It's his body. And he himself is Savior. Now, what kind of head is Christ? What kind, how does he head us? Sacrificially. He's good. He's a protector. He's a sustainer. He covers. He fights for us. He dies for us. That's the kind of head we have over us as a church. And as a church, that's what we submit to. We submit to that type of head, that his leadership, his authority. And so as a church, as we submit to Christ, wives are to also submit to their husbands in his leadership, in his guidance, his protection, his provisions, his care. That's what Christ is calling you to submit to in your husband. And guess what? You won't do it if Jesus is not the center of your heart. You can't leave here, ladies. Put this in your daytime. You can't leave here saying, I'm going to talk with my girlfriends and we're going to make a plan to be more submissive. You've got to have the Holy Spirit working in your life to do that. And that begs the question, where are you in your faith in Christ? Are you growing closer to him? You cannot be the wife you need to be from your husband if Jesus is on the back burner of your life. You can't be. You won't be. Because the power to be a good wife comes from the Holy Spirit. And you've got to have that power working in you. 
And so this gives you an opportunity for what? Repentance. If you struggle there. Going to Christ saying, I need you in my life. I need you to help me be the wife I need to be for my husband. To submit to him and to respect him. To look past his flaws and still honor him. That takes the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. I recently read an article by Stephanie Booth about a, a, a couple named Joe and Becky who, at the time that they got married, they were on top of the world. They had great careers. They found that they're soulmate in each other. Everything in their life was going well. It was great. It was awesome. And something happened. Something happened in that marriage, that family. Something happened that changed and challenged that marriage and life forever. Joe was diagnosed with MS. And if you know anything about MS, then you know it's a chronic disease where the immune system attacks the brain and spinal cord. Joe said, all of a sudden I was out of work. I had this diagnosis. I remember thinking, what in the heck am I going to, what am I going to do now? I was in shock. I felt guilty. My disease was going to affect not only my life, but Becky's life too. I mean, I went from a six-figure job to applying for disability insurance. I was isolated. I isolated myself that first year. I didn't want to share. I didn't want pity or help. But Becky never pulled away from me. See, Joe was diagnosed with an aggressive type of MS. I mean, his condition rapidly declined quickly. He quickly went from a cane to a wheelchair. At this point, he can't dress himself. He can't bathe himself. He can't go to the restroom by himself. He's totally dependent upon his wife to take care of him. His wife says, I know other couples dealing with MS who seem so bitter with the caregiver always yelling at her spouse who suffers from the disease for things that aren't his fault. I vow not to let that happen to us. See, MS, it's taken a lot from this couple. It put a lot of stress on their marriage, but it has not torn them apart from each other. The author of this article says that the one thing that has not changed was their love and commitment to each other in the midst of the suffering. When you look at your marriage, the issues, the struggles, has it torn you apart from each other? Or has it drawn you closer to each other? I'll finish with this last thing that Joe says of his wife. He says, Becky has taken over many of my roles in marriage, but she has never acted as though I was her patient. She treats me like her husband with love and respect. Wives, can your husband say the same of you, of many who may not have MS? Would they say of you that my wife treats me with love and respect? Let us pray. Father, I thank you that in Christ, Lord, we are fully loved. We are fully cared for, and that we are fully provided for. And I know, Father, that 
in him, Lord, we are empowered to do the things you want us to do. And my prayer for all of our marriages, Lord, is that you will continue to redeem them. You will continue to make them better. That you will be working in the hearts of all the spouses here. And even those who aren't married, Lord, who will one day be married, you will be working in their lives as well. We all need Jesus. Lord, we don't all have it all figured out. And I lift up the wives in our church, Lord, that, that, that they won't leave here beating themselves up, but they'll leave here with more things to repent of probably, but also crying out for dependency upon you to help them be the wives they need to be. And that means they, I pray that their faith in you will grow, that their love for you will grow, that the Holy Spirit will mold their hearts out their heart of Christ, that they will learn to operate out of their faith as they be a wife to their husbands. And I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and faithfulness. In Christ's name, amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?